You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 42. Psalm chapter 42, as we look at His Word today. And as you turn there, how many of you uh, took a little bit of time out of your schedule on Monday to watch the eclipse? A couple of you? I found that there's two camps. There's a camp of individuals who were completely overwhelmed by the experience and a camp that was completely underwhelmed by the experience. How many of you were in the underwhelmed camp? Oh, yeah. Okay. How many of you were in the overwhelmed camp? Okay, about, about even. No matter which of those two camps you were in, you were in one camp. You were in one camp. And it's this camp for an hour millions of Americans look like dorks with glasses on. (laughs) There's no way possible to make eclipse glasses look cool. I'm just saying, there's no way possible. But it was important, wasn't it? Because if you didn't didn't shift your focus, you you go blind, right? Just because of the power of the sun. If you didn't shift your focus, you're going to go blind. Let me say it again. If you didn't shift your focus... What was going to happen? I mean, you know, that can happen to us spiritually sometimes. I mean, you know, that sometimes in life when we encounter hardships, if we don't shift our focus, we can become blind to the reality that God is with us, that God is for us and that nothing shall come against us. It was interesting. Um, Last week when I shared that word uh, from Isaiah, I also had shared in finding Isaiah, it came in the midst of a real, um, a, a season of depression that I was going through. A season where I was just feeling really down and I couldn't put my finger on it as to why. And then the Lord gave me that, that, that verse and I talked to so many people after service last week. And, and while they were um, in agreement with the word from Isaiah, and that prophetic word that's been spoken over our land, I also had so many people come up to me and say, Jeremy, you know what? I go through seasons of discouragement just like that. I go through real hard seasons of depression. where I, can't, I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, but man, I battle it. Anybody else like that this morning? We just go through times. Where it's tough. That's one thing that I love about the book of Psalms. I love how honest it is. I love how transparent the psalmist is. That he didn't cover up his feelings. But he shared them. He put them all out there. And I believe that the Holy Spirit had him do that. Because you and I were going to be facing tough times just like he did. Times that make you question and say, God, where are you at in this? Lord, where are you? And if we're not careful in shifting our focus, we might become blind to the reality that victory is ours. Psalm 146, 8 says it like this. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. I love how he says that he opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up our head, our countenance even when they're in the midst of tough stuff. Life gives us plenty of opportunities um, to be discouraged, doesn't it? In fact, I would guess that probably in some way, shape, or form, every single person sitting in this place today is facing something. It may not be an acute pain right now, 
but it may be tomorrow because that's how life is, right? Gives us plenty of opportunities to question what's going on. <laughs> it was uh, back when the Britain had colonized India that in the city of Calcutta, they brought um, the most frustrating, annoying, and fun game to India, and it's called golf. Um, how many of you know how frustrating golf can be? How many of you just say, that's why I stick to putt-putt golf in South Myrtle? Yeah. So they brought golf to Calcutta, but there was a problem. They encountered something in Calcutta that they didn't encounter back in Britain, and that was monkeys. Every single time that they would hit the ball, these monkeys would run onto the course, grab that ball, and throw it. They thought golf balls were like the greatest thing ever. And so they were like, okay, how, we got to fix this problem. So the first thing that they did, the first solution, was they built a really tall wall. How many of you know monkeys don't care about no tall wall? <laughs> right on over the top of it. So they're still dealing with this. And so the second thought was, you know, we'll just transplant all these monkeys. We'll get rid of them all. And it seems like every single time they took one monkey, two more showed up. I mean, they just could not move these things. So unable to get rid of the monkeys, they had to add a rule to golf. Only for Calcutta. And the rule was this. You play the shot where the monkey throws it. (laughs) I kid you not. So you can hit it right down the fairway, 350 yards. But if the monkey picks it up and throws it into the rough, you play from where the monkey throws it. It kind of sounds like life. How many of you know you can have like days that are perfect, right? The good ones. Like you wake up and your kids have fed themselves. Oh, like how cool is that? You, you, you get to work and as you're driving to work, I should say you hit every single green light that there is, right? And, and, and the radio station's playing your favorite music the entire time. Your boss tells you how much he appreciates you. It's just one of those days. And then the next day comes. And the monkey throws your ball. <laughs> you you, you want to donate your kids to any organization that would take them, right? Um, you, you, your, your car breaks down. Your boss is being just your boss. And, and, and maybe it gets even worse than that. Maybe it's even harder than that. Maybe it's so discouraging that you just want to shoot that monkey. <laughs> but it happens, doesn't it? And it happened to the psalmist, a man who loved God passionately, found himself in a place of great discouragement. Hey, listen, we weren't promised, we weren't promised a ride here on life that would be free of pain. It's not written in there. In fact, Jesus said this, in this world you will have troubles. He said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so when I'm dealing with pain and I'm dealing with depression, I'm dealing with disappointment, i got to reshift my focus that he is still with me, that he has not left me. And it's actually okay to feel the way I'm feeling right now. Listen to the words of the psalmist in chapter 42. It says, day and night, starting in verse 3. Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where's the God of yours? And my heart is breaking. 
And I remember how it used to be. (laughs) I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amidst the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'll put my hope in God and I'll praise Him again, my Savior and my God. But now I'm deeply discouraged. But I'll remember you. Even from the mountain of Hermon, the source of the Jordan from the land of Mount Mazar. I hear the tumult of, of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides, they sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours His unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? And why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? And why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God, can you feel it? Can you feel where he's at? Have you ever been there? Where it's like, God, where are you? Man, I had such great days with you before. We've seen such great things. We were praising. We were worshiping. It was amazing, God. But today, today, I'm broken. I'm, I'm broken inside. Yeah, I'm still going to praise you. Yeah, I'm still going to pour out my worship to you. But God, are you here? Are you here? What honesty, huh? I love that. You know what I love that the psalmist didn't do? And I believe that the Holy Spirit intentionally saved that that heartbreak so that we could read about it because he knew where we would be. What the psalmist didn't do was pretend everything was fine. You know what you don't read right here from the psalmist? I am too blessed to be depressed. <laughs> yeah, we like to do that sometimes, right? We just like to put on the facade. No, I will deny it. And the Holy Spirit would say to us, I love you and I know you. I know you and I love you. In your notes, you can write this down. He says that disappointments are inevitable. But discouragement is a choice. We got to choose to change our focus so we don't become spiritually blind. Well, how do we do that? Well, number one, the first thing we got to do is we got to look within. We got to look within. I love that the psalmist did that. He looked within. He didn't pretend it wasn't going on. Okay? Hey, can I tell you something? Pain is a blessing. Don't look at me like that. Pain is a blessing because pain reveals that there's something that needs to be tended to. Even emotional hurt. But that emotional hurt, it indicates that we have to go to the one who loves us. That emotional pain inside, it wakes us up to the reality that we are dependent upon God for something in this moment. And I need him in this moment. There's a... CNN article, news article. So this guy, catch this. 
he wanted to um, drill a hole in his wall, and he was going to run some TV cords into that wall there. And so in order to find out where he needed to drill the wall, he went up to the second story of his house. He tied a string around his wife's alarm clock, found the air duct, and lowered the alarm clock down after having set the alarm for about 10 minutes to go off. And his thinking was this. It would go down. He'd lower it down to the first floor. He'd hear the alarm, right? And he'd know where to put the hole in the wall. Only problem, the string broke. And for 13 years, at 9.59 p.m., that alarm would go off. They kept figuring out, you know, at one of these days, the the, the battery's just going to die. It didn't. 13 years, this alarm was going on behind a wall. Finally, they got so tired of it, they cut the hole in the wall, pulled the thing out, and you thought they would have thrown the alarm clock away, right? But no, it's mounted up on their wall as a reminder. Don't ever let your husband fix things in your house, ever. That's the reminder. They were trying to ignore this alarm, right? But the alarm wouldn't be ignored. It kept going off consistently, regularly. It needed to be addressed before there could be peace inside that home. You you know when you deal with depression, when you deal with discouragement, when you're dealing with hurt in your life, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. It's an alarm inside of you that's telling you this must be addressed. So you got to look within, but then you got to turn around, you got to do the next thing, the most important thing, and that's to look up. We want to look within, but then we have to look up. We have to look to the one who loves us so much. I I get so disappointed that that phrase has become, that we've become numb to that phrase. We've become numb to hearing God loves us. Maybe we've, we've used it in church all the time and, and we lose the power of it. Please don't lose the power of that. You are radically loved by God. And he sees you. Look at the person next to you and say, he sees you. Right where you're at, he sees you. He even sees that you hate it when the pastor tells you to turn to the person next to you and say something. (laughs) He sees you. Psalm 121 verses 1 through 2 says this. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth. Look, look up. Look up. When I'm in pain, you know what I do? I look down. I look down. The Holy Spirit would say to me, it's at those moments where I am feeling down, where I'm wondering where God is, that my soul feels like it's being crushed, that that's at that moment that I'm called to lift my head to heaven so that I can put myself in alignment with truth. Because my emotions will lie to me. My emotions will lie to me and so will yours. And so we are not beholden to our emotions. We are beholden to the truth of God's word. And he says, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. That in the midst of your hardship, whatever it may be today, God says, look to me. 
And then what I love that the psalmist does, this is radical. He looked in. What did he look in? He began to look in and press into worship. He began to press in. In his hardest time, he began to worship. Can I ask you a question this morning? Just be honest with yourself. What's your worship like on your dark days? What's your worship like on your dark days? Because this is what the psalmist says. Each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me. Do you understand? He's starting to line up with truth. And then he says, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Not only when I'm having a hard time during the day, but how many of you would agree? Sometimes when we're just being depressed, those times we're feeling down and we're disappointed. Those nights can be so dark, right? During the day, at least I can be busy, but when I'm laying in my bed and my thoughts come flooding and my my fear is gripping me, he says, it's in the night that I begin to worship. At my lowest point, my voice will sing a song to my God. And I will promise you this. If you ever want to readjust your focus, if you ever want to see victory come forth out of every challenge that you're dealing with, let it begin on your knees with praise. And as you worship God, victory will come. It becomes a reminder that He is with me. That His presence is there. And when I'm in a time of worship, it changes everything. I take my eyes off of my trouble for a moment. And I put my eyes on Him. When I put my eyes on Him, I begin to see with clarity. I begin to see with truth. We got to look in. Fourth one is this. Write this down. Is that we want to, we want to look back. We want to look within. We want to look up. We want to look in, but we want we want to look back too. Why do you mean look back, Jeremy? It means this. I can never see my victory in front of me if I'm blind to where I, what's been behind me. I lose sight of my future when I forget my past. When I sit there and I'm, my heart is being broken, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm so distraught and I feel so down, if I'll stop and I'll look at my past and I'll remember, God, you showed up here that one time. I remember that one time where I was so down. I remember that one time where I needed you so bad. And God, you showed up. And now I'm here, Lord. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm in pain. If I don't see how he has been faithful to me in the past, how can I see his faithfulness in the future? But when I sit there and I begin to recall his goodness, I can look at my points of problems today and I can say, this is temporary. I know where God's taken me because he's done it before. How many of you remember those times? How many of you can look back in your life and remember those moments that God showed up? Write them down. Hold them. Don't forget them. Because when you get to a place of disappointment, which is bound to come again, If you can look back at his faithfulness, it will carry you through today. And it will release you into your future. That's the last one. Look forward. We begin to look forward. We look back, but we look forward. We look ahead. One of the probably most overused passages of Scripture that's spoken in church is Jeremiah 29, 11, but I'm going to use it anyways. says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He has a plan for you. His future plan for you 
is not to be stuck in your disappointments today. And he's not going to change his mind about where he's taking you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now listen to what Psalm 33, 11 says. And the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Oh, come on, that's good. You see what happened right there? I have a plan for you, son. I have a plan for you, daughter. And though you are in a lot of pain right now, although you're hurting right now, this is not your final stop. And trust me, those plans that I have for you will not, cannot ever be changed. Because my intentions have never changed, nor will they ever change for you. And if that doesn't change perspective, right? If that doesn't change the way I see things, I don't know what will. The moment that I recognize, and I can admit, hey, today stinks. Do you guys think God's offended by that? No, he knows it already. Those moments where we say, today, what I'm dealing with, this hurts, this stinks. And I'm just going to come before you, Lord, I'm going to bear my soul. I'm not going to try to minimize what I'm feeling. I'm not going to try to deny it. Guys, we're good at that, aren't we? Huh? Trying to hide our feelings, trying to hide our emotions. Somebody asks you, you okay? I'm good. (laughs) Right? Lord, we said, just bear your soul to me. Trust me with it. Trust me with your heart. And trust me that I'm for you. Now, I don't know where you are today. Like I said, I would probably venture to guess just because we know how life is. You're facing something. How, 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 how acute the pain is today in regards to your disappointments, whatever you're facing. Maybe you've even gone to the place of depression. I don't know, but you're probably facing some level of something. And so here it is, guys. Just listen to me. Understand this. He sees you. And he loves you. And he's with you. And today is not the final chapter. Your best is in front of you. I promise. You know why? Because he goes before you. My best days are in front of me, not because I'm going to make them good, because my God says he goes before me. So if he's before me, I know my best is ahead of me. And so, Lord, I just pray over my friends this morning. God, for anybody that would be in here today who, they're just in a place, a hard place right now. It feels like their soul is just broken. It feels like their bones are wasting away. Their hearts are in agony. God, we thank you that you are the kind of God who says, bring me your wounds. Bring me your disappointments. Bring me your discouragement. And Lord, what you do with it is you take those things and you replace it with joy and victory and hope as we take our eyes off of Maybe our pain for a moment and place it, place our hopes back where it belongs, and that's on you. 
that our eyes would be focused on you, that we'd be worshipers, Father. Worshipers, even in our pain. Worshipers, Lord. And this is going to be kind of personal, so I want you to keep your eyes closed if you would. But I want to be able to specifically pray for, for you if you are just in a season where, I mean, you are so discouraged. Your heart is heavy. And I mean, this one, this one stinks. I just want to be able to pray. We want to be able to pray as a, as a family over you. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand right quick so we can, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord, you've seen those hands. Lord, you see them. These brave people. These brave people raising their hands. Identifying with feelings that even the psalmist felt. Saying, Lord, we're just, they're just in a tough place right now. What we do is we speak wholeness over them. We speak hope over them. We speak future over them. We speak truth into their situation. We speak conquering victory that is just coming right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that over their lives. We declare that the enemy, you took a good swing, but you missed. You took a good swing at him, but you missed. And my God has the victory. And so you have been defeated. You are rebuked and you have no place in their lives anymore. Depression be lifted from their lives. Disappointment be lifted from their eyes. As you minister to their hearts in a deep healing way. Holy Spirit, flood their hearts even now. Do it now. Do it now. Let them even begin to even feel it right now. An overwhelming sense of your love and your presence and your hope that you're placing deep within them. Do it now. God, I pray for all of my friends in here who will be going out into this crazy thing called life tomorrow. Whatever may be thrown their way, Holy Spirit, I pray you would give them boldness and courage to face it, Lord, as they depend upon you to be their conquering king. And all God's people said... For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.